Addio, mia bella Napoli, addio, addio, la tua soave immagine, chi mai, chi mai scordar potrò? Nel cielo azzurro fulgido, la placida marina, con le cuore non inebria, non inebria, non inebria. Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am presenting far away from Vesuvio in the west of Scotland. But luckily for all of us, we have Michele Borelli, who is in what looks like quite a hot Napoli. How are you doing, Michele? It's been too long. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, no, it's, it's been too long. It's been a month, I think, right? No, it's even it's, even it's felt like felt like ten years. Yeah, but then again, there isn't much to talk about in uh, during the the off season during the, the the summer. No, it's quite boring. The all the transfer rumors. Uh, I can't get into that. No, it's it, they're really like every every ten rumors there is one which maybe is true, and I mean I find it very boring to. Well, this is know, just yeah. this is the wrong podcast, you know. I hate pre-season too. Like I find the Mercato very frustrating and like, I just want to know who signed and then get behind the team. But don't worry, listeners, we will find interesting things to talk about, won't we, Michele? Yes, we, we will. Because, I mean, we can still talk about the market. I think, I mean, it's not that way. I, I, I've been asked many times in the past week what did I think about Dybala, for example, and stuff like that. Mm. But you know, generally speaking, you know, this is the season for you know, this is the drama season. It's the season for useless, useless rumors and uh, yeah, yeah. I think we should make some up today as well. We should you know talk about real stuff, but then also talk about um, I don't know. Kalini is going to take over as manager of Napoli, and he's actually <laughs> secretly always been a Napoli fan, stuff like that. But anyway, this is episode number fourteen. So, like, what is what is number 14 in the Napoli Tombola? The number 14 is Lubriaco or Umbriaco, which in English would be the drunk, the drunk, the drunk man. So, yeah, there is that. And, uh, yeah, well. In I, the I, words I, of, of Baudelaire, everyone must be drunk all of the time. Yeah. I mean, if you see, if you see, the picture because usually when you get tombola you 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 get numbers names and and pictures images and uh yeah i mean if i see that picture i immediately think uh think about i don't know people in our club to be honest it's been it's been especially the past two weeks have been very confusing for me i don't know i find them very funny in a way i've i've seen a lot of drama a lot of discussions online and uh there's a lot of people shouting at each other. Yeah, I tend to avoid that, but I kind of wonder. Sometimes I feel like a crazy person because I honestly have no idea. Like, I don't even know what is there to talk about. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, you know, like fans protesting De Laurentiis suddenly is news. Really? I mean, it's been going on for, what, like 10, 15 years and suddenly fans protesting De Laurentiis is news and... And so, people, people saying, "Oh, yeah, the Andes did this, did that," and the fans were inappropriate, or I don't know. I mean, it's normality. I mean, every 
every time the name De Laurentiis is mentioned during a, a public event, let's say, uh, is booed, you know? So, I mean, at this point, he has he has chairs pre-recorded that he can exactly. bring. There you go. There you go. So I don't do you see, think, honestly... Do you think yeah, he I carries was... it around in his pocket, Michele? Do you think, because obviously <laughs> when we were in the stadium, we heard it all being piped up on the PA system. But do you think when he's out and about at Di Mauro, he has like a little portable speaker that he presses play on just in case someone comes up to him and boos him? <laughs> I really hope so. I really hope so. It would be, it would be an improvement compared to like seven, eight years ago. I remember there are some videos floating around and I mean, they're not really, they're not secret, you know. They're, they've been um, public and they quite viral as well. Of De Laurentiis arguing with fans, and De Laurentiis yep. shouting to the fans, "I will, you know, I will kick you, I will punch you," you know. He's shouting at fans and yeah, threatening physical violence to fans. So yeah, nice. I mean, yeah. So so anything but that is an improvement, in my opinion, no. So when you're looking at number 14 on the tombola, the Ombriaco, is that right? How do I yeah. say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, uh, we went to the rumours now. When you've been in uh, Napoli night spots, which, which Napoli players have you seen have the most fun? Now, we're not saying that they, they were drinking. We're just saying they're having a lot of fun. Who would you say fits into that from your experience of seeing players in, in night spots? I've seen Pepe Reina having a lot of fun <laughs> that is yeah i remember that it was yeah it was quite crazy i remember that yeah so in the napoli tombola we will say that pepe arena you are uh um, umbriaco yeah 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 i mean i don't want to i don't want to say he was drunk but no but he was, was having a good time he was having a very good time yeah i mean i didn't That's... see i didn't see well maybe yeah i did see him drink but not too much. I mean, I could, I wouldn't, I wasn't next to him for a long time anyway. Uh, you yeah, know, he was, yeah, it was very approachable, let's say. Yeah, it was fun. This one's for you, Pepe. So, like, okay, well, let's talk about Di Mauro and Di Laurentiis. We could talk about some other stuff a bit later. I want to have a conversation about gelato, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold that <laughs> because we're onto something. Um, the big thing for me, right, was, and I was tweeting about this. Some people got a bit... Actually, it was a fairly um, reasonable conversation. Sending Spalletti out on his own in front of all the fans just after Kolobali has signed for Chelsea, which we're also going to talk about a bit later. That, for me, was like the end of me standing up for ADL. And, you know, you're brainwashing me very successfully on this show, <laughs> Michele. I thought that was not what a leader should do, not what an owner of a club should do. And I think that there's ways of justifying and explaining the Koulibaly transfer. It should have been him. He stood up in front of that. But do you think the reason why ADL doesn't really appear in front of the fans anymore is that he's actually afraid of his personal safety? Do you think that's why? No, I don't think he's... I mean, he always goes around with security anyway, so it's not, it's not that he... He knows that he's not liked, although uh, usually during this uh, during this training uh, retreats, he used to have some like events with fans, like usually like indoor, you know, like limited uh, 
I don't know how they choose the fans, but um, yeah, like he he was basically on a stage in a, I think in the Di Maro Theater, and uh, he got uh, questions from fans. I, I think I think he did that a few yeah. times. I don't want to. I don't know if I'm confusing him with uh, you know just play because it always happens with players as well and uh, the manager. Yeah. But I think I think I seem to remember he did that sometimes too. But I you know when it comes to what you said the event uh, the the. The occasion you said what happened with Spalletti, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, I don't, like, everything, like, nothing, nothing has changed. You know what I mean? It's, um, so the events the, the team has with the fans are predetermined, like, weeks ahead. So it would have been worse to cancel an event just because Koulibaly has been sold. Okay. Uh, they sent out Juntoli to talk about that, and uh, that was really funny for me because he he had a press conference to establish the truth. That's what he said. Love so it. He, he got asked why why are you doing this press conference? And he said, "I'm doing this press conference because uh, there are a lot of like fake rumors floating around, and I want to establish the truth. I want to speak. You know, I want to tell the truth uh, about the market and stuff." And then he proceeded to say that uh, Koulibaly would never be sold. And uh, yeah, stuff like that, which I found very funny. And then two days later, Koulibaly is gone. And then he admitted, he, admit, he said, during the last press conference, I said that Koulibaly was thinking about our offer, but actually he had, he had already decided to leave. And he asked us to leave two months before, two months, two months ago, like in, in May, basically. So what's the point of, I don't know, like it's so funny to me, you know, like this club. Well, I think there's, uh, this is, I just need to say to everybody, Kavarak Shelia. I need to. I'm going to say this name between ten and fifteen times over the course of the podcast. We're all going to keep saying Kavarak Shelia. So, like, um, this is one of the things I think people are upset about: that Kulubali, who is, you know, the king of Naples, eight seasons, huge, adopted by the city and the club, no send off. How? Do they not have their stuff together to know that Koulibaly was off? He, they could have sorted this out so that when Insigne has a send-off, Koulibaly has a send-off, and we can get a move on. I know these things aren't quite as straightforward as that. Maybe Chelsea were still waiting for their, to, yeah. to get their stuff together. But th- that is just a bit shoddy, isn't it? And it's just a bit... It's not the first time this has happened. It's happened with Hamzik as well. It's happened with Maggio. Like... Come on, this is this doesn't help. You've got a fan base that doesn't like you. So why is all this stuff contributing to it? You know what I mean? And it's this sort of treating us like idiots that I don't like. Like a press conference where the director of football says we're not going to sell him, and then two days later we sell him. Like, is it that hard to be direct with a fan base? Like, I don't know. I think I think it's ultimately they are incompetent, but I want to say that because I don't think it was like even if it was planned, it was badly planned. You know, I think the press conference maybe was a way to pressure Koulibaly into thinking about accepting the offer. Hmm. Uh, because honestly, I don't see any other reason. Because why the hell? I mean, of course, of course, you already accepted Chelsea's offer. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't sell him two days later. I mean, these offers get discussed over weeks. Yeah. So probably Koulibaly had already accepted the offer and. Uh, uh, Napoli had already accepted Chelsea's offer and then you go have a press conference saying he will not be sold 
and uh, he will remain in Napoli even with one year left on his contract. <sighs> I think this is the main problem with Napoli and De Laurentiis in general, the communication, like super bad communication with fans. You know, this is basically, it's a straight up lie and Juntoli admitted that it was a lie. So why? I mean, I understand that the market is made of lies as well because sometimes you can try to manipulate, even for Napoli's yeah. benefit, but what's the point? I mean, just shut up, you know? I mean, what's the point? I do think the, maybe the point was uh, preparing the field in a way, you know? Like, because basically, because that's how they usually do it. I mean, ultimately, we'll never know the truth, but I mean, we have been following Napoli for long enough to have informed, to take informed, you know, guesses, let's say. So I do think they follow the usual uh, modus operandi, which is uh, preparing the fan base for what's going to happen and shifting the blame towards the players. That's usually how they do it. So they usually yeah. blame, you know, yeah, he doesn't love Napoli enough and the vile money thing. You remember that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, now they said um, we offered an incredible offer to Koulibaly and uh, Juntari said an unrefusable offer to Koulibaly. Uh, six millions per year, and they never. They, I, I, I can't remember Napoli announcing an offer to a player like so. It was clear that it was a desperate move. It was a move to tell the fans, "Look, fans, we actually offered a lot of money, despite the fact that we are lowering uh, our wages. We are offering a lot of money to Koulibaly for five years. We are gonna make him a manager, an executive. Um, I don't know. We're gonna offer him like a yeah. like a role on the board and stuff like that." A bit like Mbappe and, uh, at Paris Saint-Germain, that sort of deal. Yeah, so, I mean, not that big, but yeah, still, you know. So it was a way to say to the fans, look, we are doing everything we can to sign him. So if he doesn't, if he leaves, it's, uh, it's because it's his it's fault, his choice, and uh, we can have the blame for that. Isn't he on six million now? No, I think it's about 10. 10, 9, 10, something like that. I don't care. I mean, it's it's more than what we offered him. No, no, I mean now. I mean, like... With Napoli, yeah. Yeah. So it was the I same mean, like, wage. Yeah, it's it not was exactly... The same, it was the same wage, but still, you know, like, again... He's getting older. I think, I I think so. the problem... Yeah, the, the problem is, you know, like, if if that were true, and I don't know if that, that was true, if that were true, I would appreciate that, you know? I would say, okay, you know, like, it actually, he's actually making an exception for Koulibaly because he's recognizing how important he is to us. Um, the thing is, I don't fully believe that there was the truth. I do believe that they offered that kind of offer to Koulibaly. I think they offered, they offered that offer too late. Probably, like, I, don't, I have no, again, I have no idea, but I, my feeling is that they, they made him the offer, like, in the last week or so mm. or two weeks or so and uh, the problem with Koulibaly which I think was the same problem with Sarri is that they try to re um, retain the players and the managers when it's too late when when the damage has already been done so Koulibaly has been on the market for I think at least three years you know like for three years we've tried to sell Koulibaly but the right offer has never come because mm. De Laurentiis was asking a lot of money, like 100 millions and stuff like that. But it was always on the market. It was always on the market. And, uh, you know, I, I put myself into Koulibaly's shoes. And if you're put on the market for three, four seasons, I, I think that after a while, you know, I mean, you say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to 
I'm not gonna be on the market because you say so. I'm gonna put myself on the market. I want to leave. Yep. So I mean, that's why I'm not gonna blame Kulibali too much, at least. Because a part no, of me, no, I don't still, blame him at all. I, no, I, I mean, yeah, but a part of me is still emotional. You know, a part of me, uh, it's a very stupid part of me, I guess. But a part of me still thinks that there is no better team than Napoli, and it's actually, it actually believes that. So when they leave, it's always because. You know, I know it's kind of like a yeah, like a breakup. You know, like oh, I wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, What's wrong? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you're not gonna find someone objectively better than me. But in in the case of football, it is possible to find something objectively better. I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea is, I mean, they're suffering more money. They won the Champions League and stuff. So obviously, but will he be as loved? Will he have as much? Anyway, I think. So what? What are other people that you know in in Napoli saying about the Kulubali? I think uh, I think most people are detached a little bit from the whole situation. There is nearly not enough, nearly n- like no drama at all. Like it, it is not comparable to when Iwanin left to even when Hamsik left. But even then was kind of like it was was a rumor, you know, for a few months. So we were ready for it. Uh, it was a little bit of a shock in a way. Because it was very quick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very quick, and to be honest, I I had no idea that could happen. So at least not no more than the previous season. So I wasn't I wasn't ready. I mean, I was looking forward to have Kulibali be my captain. Yeah, or so, at least yeah, yeah. yeah, right for at least a season. Um. So yeah, I was. It was a bit of a shock, but if I have to tell you that I was, you no, know, like traumatized by it, that's not. That's not true. I was uh, maybe I think, next season when we start mm, with Juan Jesus. Who's that? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, but, but yeah. I mean the emotional part of it. You know, I think a lot of people just it's it's kind of easy to accept it, and I mm. think it's because a lot of people are getting detached a little bit from the team, unfortunately. Uh, well, you've mentioned this in the past, Michele. So you've talked about really the sort of damage of the Higuaín transfer in fact dan bowen was on the napoli rant and it, you've got to give it a listen everybody it's a you know dan was at, at dimaro and rafa and rafa talked very passionately about their um their napoli fandom and dan was saying for him it was post cavani but i think there is this sense of that there's only a certain amount of times that you can sell a talismanic figure before the supporters start to take a bit of a step back. And like for you, it's, it was the Higarin transfer. that you mentioned your dad, it was the Scudetto run-in that didn't quite happen. There is a sense of this kind of like, there's only so much people can take before that passion starts to, not passion is the wrong word, before that sort of detachment begins. Um, and it is revealing. We're not ranting and raving, are we? We're just kind of saying... They could do better than this, really. Yeah, I think I think the problem is it's a very difficult topic to discuss, to be honest. Because obviously, I I mean, when I talk about this stuff, I'm gonna generalize a lot, but uh, there are a lot of different ways to be a Napoli fan, and a lot of different you know minds and opinions. I can tell, like from my personal experience, not just talking about myself, but you know, friends and stuff, and you know, like people in the streets and stuff like that. Um, it's been gradual. There are there have been some like key moments, and I think the last season, last uh, season with Sari was 
very bad mm. for a lot of us. We, I mean, for, not for Napoli, for, for football in general. Uh, it's very hard to keep believing in the system after a season like that, you know, after, yeah. after something like that has happened. We're but, not talking uh, about uh, Inter to Juve to the... To no, Kenich. no, absolutely not. We're not going to mention no, that. No, oh, no. shit, I just did. But, uh, yeah, too bad. But yeah, no, in general, I think there is a very big detachment between the fans and the way the club is run. And uh, that is a very difficult concept to, to explain to, from my experience to people who don't live in Napoli. Yeah. Um, again... I am not of the opinion that if you live in Napoli, you are the king of Napoli fans. I don't think Napoli fans in Napoli are superior to any other fans around the world. You know, like we are all in this together. But I have seen like a very big difference in mentality between people from Napoli who support Napoli and people from like, different countries who support Napoli. Yeah. And uh, it's very difficult to talk about this topic, especially because sometimes like people uh, like my difficulty has been that when I try to explain this to people from abroad, they they refuse to accept that that's the truth. And uh, they right. just say, you know, there is nothing to like De Laurentiis has brought Napoli back from the dead and stuff like that. And it's, you know, after that, it's very difficult to talk about it because it's while that is true, it's not that simple. You know, um, we so, could say that Napoli has Napoli has brought back De Laurentiis from the dead. <laughs> because Delarentis, yeah, but it's true. I mean, it's true. that is. I think it's objectively true. I mean, Delarentis makes no money with cinema anymore. Mm. Um, he has a nice screen company, two shops basically, and that's it. He has a car rental company, like lux luxury car rental company. I have no idea if it, that makes money. I don't think so. Uh, and then he has Napoli, and uh, Napoli. Napoli is his identity now. You know, like being Napoli's president is his identity. And uh, it's very, very important. That explains the way he acts and behaves, like why he's so risk averse. Mm. Because obviously, if he gets it wrong with Napoli, then he's done because he has nothing else. You know, he has Barry, but come on, Barry's just sucking money for now. So, so yeah, it's very difficult to explain how, how, um, how difficult, uh, how far this club is from the fans, in a way. You know, like yeah. the, only, the only way the fans can interact with the club is at the stadium. And even then, you know, it's, as you know, it's difficult enough to get there. But for the rest, you know, Napoli doesn't train in the city. Napoli doesn't have it in, even an office in the city. There, is no, there are no Napoli offices in Napoli. There, it's not a coincidence that when, when new players get signed, they get signed in Rome. Because that's I've always uh, found that way. Always yeah, found that way. But that's that's Laurentiis for you, you know. And uh, mm. uh, you know, after a few years of this, uh, and then the Laurentiis calling Napoli a shithole and uh, calling Napoli fans uh, delusional and uh, ungrateful because uh, because quote you had never won shit unquote. You know, after years of that and years of Napoli, Napoli is a bad city. Nothing works there and stuff. So, you know, it's very, very hard to to support the guy. I mean, and uh, and again, there is a problem with communication as well. Uh, a lot of lies, a lot of, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that. I do think, I, you know, I think Napoli fans are mature enough to handle the truth. So if you tell Napoli yeah. fans, look, uh, this is the economical situation we have. 
for this reason, we have to sell one player. We have to make this amount of money. And uh, uh, this is why Koulibaly is gone. You know, no one is going to... I mean, there are always going to be a few people calling him a papone, you know, a pimp. And uh, Well, you know, people complain during the Maradona period, you know, so like, yeah, yeah there's always going to be. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. And I totally agree, because I think actually if... if Dilarentis came out and said, look, this is, we're in this financial situation. We're in a transitional year. We're going to invest the money from Koulibaly back into a couple of other players, which is kind of what we're doing with, with the sound. Sounds like Kim's on the way. We've signed um, the Norwegian defender Ostergaard from Brighton. So in theory, and that's for less than 40 million, which is the money we got from Koulibaly. In theory, that's actually quite smart. Look at how Milan won the Scudetto. It was partly by having someone like Zlatan and Giroud, but often it was about signings that were that were cheaper and a bit more intelligent. And we've also got some interesting players in the Primavera. We've got Gaetano, haven't we? We've got, um, what's his that, name? Yeah, Ambrosino. Um, Ambrosino. And got, uh, Zerbin. I think Zerbin, people can yeah. get behind that, but we just need to be treated like adults on it, you yeah. know. And it's all the sort of cloak and daggers and the distance. I think it's a really good point the distance that the club has from the city. And I do, I'm not just saying this because you run a, you know, <laughs> an enterprise with, with Napoli tickets, but it was my first time in the stadium in May. And I really urge people, anyone listening to this who hasn't been to the stadium, if you're prone to these big fallouts on Twitter with people about ADL or whatever, get yourself in the stadium and things begin to kind of make sense. Um, so on this, I've got a question for you, Michele. So we've lost, the Insigne is gone. Well, we kind of knew that was coming. Uh, Spalletti's seem to imply that Chiro isn't renewing, although let's wait and see. Um, Koulibaly's gone and Ospina's gone and Kevin Malqui's gone. So out of those, who are you going to miss the most or, and or, which one hurt the most? I don't feel hurt, unfortunately. And uh, that's, I mean, I do say unfortunately because it means that I myself feel very detached from the events that are going on right now in the market. So it's You're not so angry, much... you're disappointed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's it's just too much stuff going on, and a lot of people like like we can't be bothered to pay attention to it like that closely. Unfortunately, of course, Napoli is a illness we say here, right? It's a malattia, and there is no cure. So I'm never gonna leave this club. And uh, yeah, I'm when I say I'm detached from the club, I'm still reading Napoli news like like eight, ten times a day. So that's that's yeah. uh, for me. That means I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm putting some distance because usually it's much more than that. But it's, you know, it's. Uh, uh, but who 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 we yeah, going Let, Let's mean, just take on a footballing term for a second. I mean, some 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 of them are for sure. Some of them are still, you know, being negotiated. Apparently, even though Spalletti said that Mertens has, is gone, but you never know. You never know. I personally, I, uh, I I really hoped Mertens could stay. Because, yeah. because I love him, and uh, come on, the guy just named his son Chiro, and he leaves. That's really, come on. And it's also very surprising because if you remember, De Laurentiis went to his place, like to to Merton's place personally. I don't remember 
anything like that happening before. And they were like, oh, yeah, we sure, yeah, sure, we're not going to have any problems with the renewal. And then what happened? You know, like it really know. seemed like it was going to happen, didn't it? Then, like, yeah, then they, they released, they, they're using the press in a very weird way this season. I mean, this past month or so, they released the like contract request from Mertens. And there was, to be honest, it was a bit much. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they made the offer to, Mer- to Mertens public. As well, they made the offers to Kulibali public as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. Like, because the problem is we never know. We're never going to know the truth until the end. You know, we can just speculate because even yeah. though they release like official news, official like statements, I don't know. Like, I, I don't trust them anyway. But in terms of like what I'm going to miss the most is Mertens, I think. Kulibali, yeah. for some reason, I don't know. To be honest, the way he left, it kind, it kind of, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like how, I didn't like how a lot of people congratulated him for leaving. That's kind of weird for me. You know, I read the yeah. Decibel Bellini, Decibel Bellini post saying, "Oh, on one hand, I'm sad because yeah, Super Napoli, and then on the other hand, I'm." Happy for you that you're leaving. Congratulations for you achieving your dream. What the what the hell? I mean, he's leaving us. You know, he's leaving Napoli. You're congrat. I I understand why isn't your dream from. Napoli? Why isn't your dream Napoli? You know, exactly. It would be and, for me. Yeah. I'm still available. I'm 39, but I've got a left foot. You know. Yeah, no, that's unlikely, my friend. But for oh, Kulibali, yeah. you know, I don't see why it has to be so unbelievable. You know that it's kind of becoming the norm. For players uh, in this club leaving once they become good, and uh, I know that I'm saying it despite the fact that Kulibali has stayed with us for eight years and Mertens for even longer than that, and Tamsik. Uh, so I am aware of the fact that usually, if it's possible, they stay. They try to stay, and we we retain players for many many years, but they don't stay until the end. Even if they are very important, they stay until the end, and sometimes it's for the better because obviously when I'm sick left he was kind of on the you know it's kind of I mean he was terrible for half a season let's not yeah, forget yeah, that yeah, his yeah. form I mean Sadi just played him into the ground to be honest he didn't yeah he didn't stop for like three years but um yeah. what are three years I yeah. just need to say Kavarakshelia yes uh, please yes Kavarakshelia um this is not that hard to say the yeah how do you feel about all those scenes in Toronto? That was weird. I don't care. I really don't Did care. You, a lot of very Napoli weird fans out there. Yeah. I mean, it's very weird. I'm seeing some pictures of Insignia there. It seems, I don't know, like in Italian we say a pesce for d'acqua, you know, like a fish outside the sea. It's kind of yeah. like, it's, maybe it's fish for the language. Yeah, there you go. So it's maybe it's the language barrier. I don't know, but it kind of seems like. I don't know. I don't know. Like I've seen this many times before. Like when when someone from Navali leaves and they go abroad and they're very happy for a few months because oh look I'm abroad. You know I'm living the dream. I'm in London or the US and stuff. And then they regret it. And after two years they go back to Navali. I fully expect Insignia to to do the same. Even though even though when he left he said I'm doing this for my children because I want my children to basically grow up in in Canada in the US whatever. So maybe he's not gonna do that, but I do think I don't think Insignia is gonna be able to adapt 
to the kind of reminds me of, to the uh, weather you know kind of reminds me of a Toto film something you know what I mean like the whole Neapolitan out of their out of their comfort yeah, zone yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Somebody should make a documentary, but in the style of that, I think. Um, okay, so like, what are you looking forward to then? So we've made some signs. We've signed Gavarakshelia, who seems like quite an exciting player to me. Although I'm trying we'll to work see. out. If, hopefully, he's not an Adamunas. Adamunas is like <laughs> the best preseason player in the history of football. He's the preseason Pele, Adamunas. That is um, true. And we've got this uh, Uruguayan left back, Ol- Oliveira, who seems quite quite decent as a, as a number player. We'll like see. He, we'll he see. Seems, seems to have the Grinta, although he is a little bit injured at the moment. Um, you know, we didn't sign Dybala, which I'm okay with, actually, because I think he was too injured. Same. Same. He's very. He's a very Juventus player. Yeah. Like in 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 his art, you know, like Juventus player. I would say it's. I I really, I don't I don't like signing Juventus players. I really I I hate that team too much to be happy about Juve players, especially players which, you know, accept and adopt the Juve way of Juve style. They call it. You know, Dybala yeah. is. I mean, I I've hated Dybala for. Too many years to be. He always plays to... brilliantly against Napoli as well. So yeah, like... no, but it's just a yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to say bad words, but yeah, I but don't. I, I like... don't like. I don't like Dybala. I like the idea of Delofeo. I think he's a good player. I think he's he's always very. He flirts with Napoli a lot in his interviews. He's always like, oh, "I love coming to Naples to play and stuff." He's a very talented guy. Is he super consistent? I don't know, but he seems to be quite gifted. What what do you make of him? Is he someone that you've I like him? About? Yeah, I like him. I like him. He's a player I like a lot, and uh, I do think he's gonna come. I've yeah. read a few rumors that he actually has already a deal with Navoli and Dundinese as well. So Fingers I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kim, no, in general, in general, yeah, Kim. He seems uh, exciting to me, but I don't watch a lot of, of Turkish football. But... I have no idea. I don't watch any football outside Napoli, so we'll see. But. I've watched that gif of the Balotelli goal that he scored at the end of the season, which was absolutely incredible. Um, but that's quite exciting. And then finally, well, just a signing that makes sense to me is Simeone. I can just imagine him, Simeone, playing for Naples, kind of playing in Naples, sorry, playing for Napoli in Naples. That makes sense to me. If we can pull that off, I think that's good. And also anything that weakens Verona, which I think... Part of Juventus might be my least favorite team in Serie A. Makes <laughs> makes me happy. Um, yeah, I mean it's okay. Uh, yeah. It? yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like most of these are just rumors for now. Like, yeah, I mean a, li- a bit more than rumors, but just rumors. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I don't know half of these players. I have no idea. What I know is that we are gonna have to change quite a few starters. So Kulibali is gone. Ospina is gone. Mertens. Apparently he's gone, and I consider Mertens a starter. Insigne, uh, Insigne is gone, right? Uh, Fabian could be leaving as well. I've got a bad feeling about this because his contract's out, and he's not yeah. going to resign. It. And if if I've got a premonition, everybody, that there'll be a deadline day disaster, right. and that Barcelona or Real Madrid or somebody or Atletico will be like. 
sod it, let's go. And they'll bid like 25 million quid and ADL will just be like, yeah, we'll do that. And then we've got a big hole in our midfield. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we should hope that he leaves now so we can replace him because otherwise yeah. we lose him next year for free and uh, or worse, it could be it could be like a Milik situation where he yeah. refuses to renew and uh, it just doesn't it's not part of the team anymore. So yeah, we don't we don't like that. I I like Fabian and uh, if he wants to leave fine, but he needs to bring the money. So otherwise otherwise he's going to stay and I really hope he renews. But yeah, in general it's a very big like next season is going to be a very big question mark. The manager has to prove that he's actually good because last season, again, it was, to me, it was a little bit disappointing and we underachieved, in my opinion. And towards uh, the end, I mean, we've talked about some of those tactics yeah, yeah, yeah. in the second half of the season with this hoofing it up to Aussie men. That's my big fear, actually, to be honest. I'm, I'm desperately trying to be positive here, but my, my fear is that we've got rid of a whole bunch of influential players and now yeah. Aussie men's uh, importance to the team is huge. And then the temptation is just going to be to get the ball to him. And we become incredibly predictable, I think. Um, but I think Kavarak Shela is a good, <laughs> is a good, I'm going to keep saying his name, is a yes. good sort of X Factor player. And if we can get Dorofeo, that's quite exciting. Yeah. Big season for Zielinski as well. I think that he was obviously very affected by COVID. The season before, last he was fantastic i thought and was very exciting to watch so it might be an opportunity for some of these players to stand up i think di lorenzo is a good choice for captain as well i think you know i how think do you feel so. about how do you feel about merit then taking more responsibility no i don't feel bad i don't feel i don't feel good about it but i try not to think about it because they also said we're gonna sign a uh i mean juntoli said we're gonna sign a goalkeeper as good as merit so <laughs> maybe yeah maybe I don't know. Maybe it's gonna be an Ospina like like Navas. Maybe I don't know. So, it, so I, I, honestly, I have no idea. It's very hard to speculate about this stuff because it's it's all very uncertain. But I can tell you what we know is that obviously we're gonna change a lot of players. What we know is that um, next season hasn't really started for Napoli yet yeah. because while Di Maro has um, ended uh, yesterday or two days ago, I don't even know. The season tickets campaign hasn't even started. And uh, yeah, that surprises a lot of people, but they haven't even announced the start. And when he got asked like a couple of days ago, Lombardo, which is Napoli's head of communication, he got asked about the season tickets campaign. And he said, oh yeah, no, well, the season starts in one month, so we still have a lot of time. And he said that, he said that while Roman and Inter were closing their season tickets campaign. So I love, I love how this club approaches some kind of like some stuff like that. Like they have the approach of, oh yeah, they yeah, clubs have been doing this like this for many many years. But no, we're gonna be different. We're gonna we're gonna reinvent the wheel and we're gonna change everything because yeah, I mean we are Napoli and we do the things differently. I have no idea why we have to announce the new shirts like two days before the first game of the season. I don't, I have no idea why we. They haven't even announced the, the, you know, the prices for the season tickets and stuff like that. You know, all this stuff, you know, all these small details over the years, they contribute to Napoli fans getting detached, you know, from the club. 
it's they open away, isn't it? Chipping it's like yeah, Chinese yeah. yeah, but like bit by bit, you know, like I know a lot of people saying, you know, like I don't come to the stadium because I don't like the Laurentis. And I know that it's gonna sound crazy to a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, because obviously they say, Oh wow, I, I would pay anything to go to the stadium regularly, and they have the option to do it, and they don't do it because well, they don't like the owner. I mean, what's what a waste. I understand that. I believe me, I understand. I mean, I go to the stadium all the time, so I do understand your point. But, but they also have a point. So it, yeah. it's hard to understand, but it, it is true. You know, like it's not just one thing. It's not just, ah, you know, the Laurentiis said this, so uh, I'm not going to go to the stadium anymore. It's over the years, bit by bit, you know, uh, every time it's a press conference, something happens and uh, all the lies, all the, you know, detachment from the city all the uh, offensive remarks towards the fans, which are drug addicts one day and uh, they are uh, beaten by bosses and their wives one another day. And, you know, and uh, then obviously when it's good for him, he praises the fans and the city when, when it's time to get some money from the, from the city or from the fans, you know, it's, it's very easy to read. De Laurentiis, you know, his motives and stuff. And he's clearly, he doesn't care. I mean, it's clearly that he doesn't care. I mean, he wants Napoli to succeed. I'm sure about it. But he doesn't care about the fans. The, the fans are on. Um, well, they've uh, obviously fallen out. They've obviously, there's been a whole bunch of stuff where the fans have gone, we've given up on you. And he's gone, I've given up on you. I think, but for all of this, Michele, for all of this, we're back in the Champions League. That is exciting. No? That is exciting, yes. And that is exciting, and I'm very much looking forward to it. But I also don't want to finish last in the group stage, you know, because otherwise we're, we're, everyone is looking uh, forward to the Champions League again and stuff, but uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because I think we're in pot three. We're in pot three, yeah. So that's tough, you know, that's very tough. And uh, we don't even know which team we're gonna have in the you know in a month's time when we have to in a month and a half when we have to start Champions League. So we're excited about it, but I'm not excited to think that we're gonna lose you know four zero every game in the group stage, which I don't think is gonna happen. But there are a lot of there are a lot of question marks and uh, a lot of doubts. Uh, you know, I've got a funny old feeling about it this year, though. I think. There's going to be that feeling of like, as you've, you've talked to me a lot about what those, the atmosphere is like in those evenings. And like, I want, I'm going to come to, a, I need to, I've got my teaching schedule so I can come to a Tuesday night one. So I'm going nice. to, I'm going to get this sorted out. Yeah. Um, I think that will have a big effect on the players, particularly as a lot of influential players have gone and there will be the sense of like, oh, wow, we're here. I think it will help with the fans as well. And if we can get a decent enough draw, I think something quite fun could happen maybe. And some of those players like Kervak Schiller, who I said, didn't say that as well that time, did I? <laughs> Kervak... you, you say it differently every time. It's beautiful. <laughs> Kervak Schiller. Um, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, roll, that's, the best, that's the best one yet. You can call him, you can call him Kvaradona. I've heard some people calling him oh, yeah, Kvaradona. Yeah, what what I love is that in the video that the club posted, which I'm just going to listen to again, Kervice Karakshela 
they cut <laughs> him off right at the end. So you can't actually hear the end of it. Anyway, bravo, bravo um, Napoli comms. But yeah, I think... So actually, on a practical level, how, how does it work? So people listening might want to come over for a Champions League match. Like in the past, how, how does it work with tickets? Just to briefly get practical. The Champions League? No, it's exactly yeah. the same. It's exactly the same. You know, like tickets... I mean, at least in the previous season, um, tickets yeah, were they released... Might all change, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season uh, uh, tickets were released like a like ten days, a couple of weeks before the game. Yeah. Um, quite expensive, obviously, but there is no. I mean, there is priority for season ticket holders. Yeah. And uh, maybe they're gonna sell uh, Champions League group stage. Um, you know, like tickets pass. You know, like which is valid for the the three home games for the group stage. I don't. I think they only did it once. So, yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's, um, they change the ticketing system every time. Like every season, there is uh, something different. And sometimes they change it uh, month by month. So it's very hard to predict what's going to happen. And the, that, only, the only tricky thing, isn't it, with the evening matches is, is getting back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll so, see if that's going to change as well. Maybe. I don't know. But if you're booking for a Champions League, it kind of makes sense if you're booking accommodation to think a bit intelligently about that so you can be relatively... Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you wait long enough, you're eventually going to be able to find a taxi. But yeah, I mean, at least last season, there were no trains to go back. So public transport, you know, buses and stuff were kind of tough to get. Hmm. Uh, Usually most people get get into the stadium area by car, you know, private vehicle. And uh, yeah, so, but I mean... It's, uh, it's a problem. Yeah, scooter. Yeah, of course. But yeah, no. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's. I don't want to say anything because uh, I don't want to say. Yeah, it's gonna be this way, and then they're gonna change everything radically. I've I have no idea. You know, but like, in the past, it's been relatively similar, but just more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, okay, so we're in the summer. We're thinking ahead to the winter. It's very hot. We're sweating about the idea of Alex Meret being. Being in charge of, being in charge of the goal, we're nervous, we're sweaty, we're hot. We need we need a gelato, Michele. And there's going to be people. I know that Raf's just been to Napoli. There's a few who are about to turn up, and it gets pretty hot. What's the best gelato? Where's the best place to get it? What's your opinion? And this is much more important than any of this bullshit about ADL or Kulu Bali. Like this is the oh, yeah. serious. These are the important topics. Yeah. Our listeners know that when we talk about food, you know, that's the actual important part of the Absolutely. of the episode, right? So yeah. yeah, ice cream, ice cream. Um, I I usually if I'm around Napoli and I suddenly have the you know the urge to get an ice cream, a good ice cream around Napoli, I like most of the time I go to this one place, which is on um, it's a very famous place, and it's on the uh, Posillipo Hill, and it's called Bilancione. So I like that place not only because the ice cream is good and uh, it's not that doesn't have a lot of uh, flavors, but it's quite good. Uh, I like the I like the place because it's it has a very good uh, view. So it being on well, not not fully on top of the Posilibo Hill, but it's like midway. Uh, and uh, yeah, so in front of it, you can see, you know, the Vesuvio, you can see the whole gulf and it's very beautiful. So Amazing. yeah, getting an ice cream there. Give us the name once more, just in case people are listening and I'll yeah. write that down. 
B Lanchona. B Lanchona, I think it's Via Posilipo. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So it's 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 really quite nice. Otherwise, if you don't want, it's it's not that easy to reach because again, public transport in Napoli is kind of tough and uh, it's not too close to the center. So I wouldn't advise walking. I mean, I mean you can do it, but it's, it's I mean it's uphill and it's kind of tough. Then again, you're gonna burn the calories you're gonna take with yeah, the gelato. So yeah, my, yeah, yeah, might as well. But yeah, it's not very comfortable to reach by uh, by foot. So if you are in the historic center and you just want a good ice cream, there is this um, chain of ice creams and um, pastries which is called Casa Infante. There we have a few, a few of them. I think there is one. Uh, there's a new one in the on the Lungomare next to Chalet Shiro, towards the end of the Lungomare, which is a nice central place if you want to have a walk as well. So it's on that's the a seafront. great walk. I love that walk. And uh, there is one in Via Toledo. I think there are a couple in Via Toledo. Hmm. Couple in Via Toledo. So very and there's one in well. Vomero. That's what and I was going to say. I was going to say that's where I had my favorite ice cream in Napoli was the Casinfante in Vomero, right next to the. Metro station on the roundabout. Ooh. Can't quite hear what you're saying, Michele. I don't know why your audio is just cut out. But whilst, uh, whilst Michele fixes that, um, the big, what I wanted to think about is what is the correct flavor of gelato that we, that we must be having? Because for me, when I was, uh, when I was at the, the uh, Casa Infante in Volmaro, which is an absolutely stunning part of the world. If you haven't been to Naples, it's like Paris with palm trees. I indulged myself in a variety of different ice creams. It just took me a while to, to recover from. But I, I went for pistachio, which is what a lot of people go for. Hey, you're back, Michele. Hello. Hey, uh, what's the best gelato flavor then when you go to your place on Via Posilipo? Again, it's very subjective. So, uh, you know, it's it's what I like. And I I like chocolate-based flavors, like milk-based flavors, especially if there is some chocolate in it. And there are a lot of different variants as well. So I really like them. Uh, there isn't, like, usually what they do in Napoli is that they, like, we have some basic flavors, obviously, you know, like Nutella, coffee, and stuff like that. But... There are some special ones which are unique to the, you know, to the place, to the shop, to the chain or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. usually I usually go for those because I hope that those are better. And they usually have some kind of variant of the Nutella flavor. It's not Nutella, but it's something like like milk and uh, and chocolate and something inside. And, uh, and I couldn't tell you the name, but it's usually something like. Something called something like similar to like nocciutella, something like that. Okay, now you're and talking my is, language. Yeah, and uh, nocciutella. So I usually get something like one of these, and uh, a stracciatella maybe, you know. But yeah, I don't have a specific flavor in my other than the nocciutella or something similar. Then for the second I, one, I I I usually change a lot. The second one. So you get. So you talk about the scoop. You got two scoops. Yes. Okay. But and that is. That is a um, um, a topic of discussion uh, between my friends and me. Uh, I don't get the cone. 
I don't like eating ice cream on the cone. I like eating ice cream in the cup. Yes. Because the cone is inferior, in my opinion. It's just, you know, like it, you have to rush, especially during the summer, you have to rush oh, the, yeah. the, the ice cream because it's melting and it's, it's a mess and stuff. But yeah, with your cup, you know, I, I, I suspect they, they put a bit more ice cream in the cups as well. And, uh, you know, you can take your time. You, you know, it melts, but it melts inside the cup. So, so you can you can still eat it. Oh, you can exactly, tell you, you yeah. can tell you're a business graduate, Michele. You know, always thinking about about getting the, the maximum for your for your for your money. I mean, I come from a household which is you know we're half cone, half cup. So uh, I myself am a cone man, and it's important that we can we can still be friends. But my my beloved, she's she's more of a kind of kind of a cup person. So I think. <laughs> You make a persuasive I, argument. It's a bit like how you've you've brainwashed me about ADL. You will be... you will accept the the cup and yeah, reject the cone. It's objectively better if you think about it. It's, it's also it's, it's also more hygienic as well because like you know, yes, plus plus the cones aren't really that good anyway. It's not like the the ice cream shots make the cones themselves. You know, it's some kind of like processed. I have no idea what's inside, you know, but it's stuff they buy uh, from from suppliers. It's not, it doesn't add any value to it other than, you know, being able to hold it in your hand and lick away your ice cream. I don't like that. I don't like that. So. Okay, well, we need to get some input from our listeners. Are you cone or are you cup? Um, sounds like I'm asking something rude. I don't know why. Maybe that's just my mind. I think stracciatella is a really good core scoop yes. like that's a good starting point so i like to go stracciatella and pistachio that's what i like to go for but second scoop do you take more of a risk yes yes i again i usually go with the i well stracciatella is usually my second one again okay. the one the first one is something nutella related something like heavy on chocolate and the second one uh it depends you know because again I, I rely a lot on the appearance of the ice cream. So I don't go there thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this, this, and that. If I want an ice cream and then I go to the ice cream shop and I see that that ice cream is ugly, you know, it's kind of like you can see, you can tell, you know, you can tell that the ice cream is maybe like very hard. I think yeah. a good ice cream is supposed to be kind of like soft, very fluffy in a way. Yes. So, yeah. So sometimes, you know, when you can see, you know, like all the like little bits and the, so it means that it's like way too cold or maybe there, there wasn't enough air inside and I don't like that. So, so I'm, I'm flexible. I'm flexible and uh, yeah, I try to get the, the best looking ones, but chocolate related, usually chocolate related. I don't like the fruit flavors. What's the fucking point of ice cream without chocolate? Sorry to, to use such strong language, but this yeah. is an important it's issue. Warranted, yes. yes. I mean, come on, man. The um, Talking actually, to bring it back to to calcio those of us that are planning a champions league visit when does it get cold in naples because it's different where we are so presumably like september october you're kind of fine right yes i mean it depends on what you mean by cold you know (laughs) that's very subjective so whether you can just turn up in a t-shirt or not you know i've been i've gone to the beach in napoli in late october wow what are we so, doing not living in Naples? I say to the listeners that don't live in Naples. So yeah, so usually like 
September, October is usually fine. And uh, yeah, then November, November obviously is the month where it's when it starts to get a little bit colder. But yeah, I mean, it depends on what you mean by cold. Sometimes I, I meet people for tickets, you know, and they say, ah, oh, you know, uh, too bad about the weather. I'm sorry about the weather. You, you are, you're coming to Napoli and it's so cold. And, and they say cold. I mean, it's like 20 degrees warmer than in, than in my place, in the place where I come from. So it's, it's very... And how, it's very many, how many clubs in world yeah. football, Michele, can you go to the beach during the day and then go and see a Champions League match during the night. I mean, yeah, that's maybe Barcelona, but a couple of places, but not many. Not many, not many, not many. I look, I'm very much looking forward to the Champions League. It's, uh, it's going to be exciting here in the Champions League anthem once yeah. again. Um, I love how the, you know, the traditional scream, let's say, that we do during the Champions League anthem. I love how it came to be. Um, I love that we still do it and uh, we got copied by some clubs as well. So, it's happened yeah. a lot in Europe, like Liverpool stole uh, and John Improviso for that. Yeah. Yeah. The well, we'll get a, we'll do a proper Champions League episode where you can go into detail about that. The draw for the group stage is the 25th of August. I just looked it up mm-hmm. and that's going to be big. I also hope that there's a um, there's a team in Britain because then uh. You know, maybe I can return the favor with the hospitality from yeah, my trip absolutely. To, to yeah. But yeah. we'll be very far away from Vesuvia. So, okay. That's just our kind of back from holes episode. What, um, you know, and I know we're talking about ADL. There's a lot of conversations about ADL and what we think about being Napoli fans. But I think it's important that, you know, you made a good point that, you know, there isn't a correct way to be a Napoli fan. There's different different ways of expressing that. I think if anything out of all these conversations we always have on this show is that the, the best way to form a conclusion is to come to Naples. Like, I think that's the only way to really form a real conclusion. Um, it's, to pay at- it's to pay attention, I would say. Not just come to Naples, but to pay attention. I think in Napoli, we are much more exposed to, to you know, like news, Napoli news in general, because, I mean, because obviously most of the Napoli news are in Italian. So you don't get all of them in English. And uh, every time Ade Laurenti speaks, it's kind of, it kind of, you know, it reaches us, it reaches us in Napoli a little bit uh, faster. And we, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we, the way we perceive his words is, it's different. And uh, I do think that's because, I mean, we, we, we are more exposed to his words and, uh, we have maybe a, a different uh, sensibility towards what he says, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, coming to Napoli, it helps because you see and you understand, um, like, for example, how difficult it is to, to, to go to the stadium, for example, you know, which is, which is deliberate because, I mean, if it's not deliberate, it's idiotic and it's moronic because, you know, they, they actively work against the fans. Mm. And uh, yeah, you can you can feel that when you when you come in Napoli. But yeah, when when for example when when people come to Napoli and they ask me, ah, oh, where can I buy a Napoli shirt and stuff? And I have to explain to them that Napoli owns no Napoli stores in Napoli except a very small one in the central station, which has no merchandise. It doesn't have anything. It's very very small. So 
you and you get dead and then oh how can i get to the stadium and then you understand all the different uh problems that uh fans have to face week in week out to go to the stadium and uh yeah this this and that you know and after a while it adds it adds up mm. and you understand and you understand what's going on but yeah no it's uh I, mean, well, I think it's good i think it was worth us gathering to talk about it so we'll what we'll do is we'll probably well let's see what people think let, let's know what you think people listening we'll we'll keep doing a few pods over the summer we'll probably do a proper like once we've got a bit more of our ducks in a row in terms of the mercato and we've got a bit more of an idea of what the team's going to be we can do a proper sort of preview on the footballing side of things as well um do you have a neapolitan phrase of the week michaela i'm slightly throwing this on you have you got one i do i do excellent uh, so what i was thinking lately was that there are some rumors which i i'll be honest i don't believe but compared to the rumors we had in the past they are a little bit more believable and uh i mean it's no mystery that i'm not a big fan of de Laurentiis. so if he leaves i'm gonna be happy so there are some rumors about napoli getting sold okay and uh although i don't believe them i do want to believe them you know, there's a Navalitan phrase, which is not the phrase of the week, but there's one, I think uh, De Filippo said that. I might be wrong, but he said, uh, it's not true, but I believe it. Non è vero, ma ci credo. You know, there was a, a, a phrase said uh, in relations to being, you know, like bad luck, good luck, all the, the stereotypical way of Napolitans believing in luck and, uh, yeah, all this kind of, like, yeah, all this kind of stuff. And uh, can you yeah. briefly just fill us in on who Di Filippo is? Because very, very important. Person. I think I think you should. Well, no, I mean I'll just get it wrong and say his name on. But we're talking about Eduardo Di Filippo, who's the playwright, theatre director, also very famed for translating Shakespeare into Neapolitan. Um, there you go. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, I can't remember. I think three Shakespeare plays he translated into, um, and yeah, wrote. Oh, what was the? Is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? What's this famous play called? Um, it's three, three days in a row. Anyway, um, really, really important, dude. Uh, but anyway, yeah. sorry. What's your what's your new point of phrase of the week? Yeah, well, the phrase of the week is uh, related to that. So I was introducing it by saying that yeah, it's yeah. related. At least for me, it's related to um, my wish of getting rid of the Laurentis. Once and for all, I know that it's dramatic and a little bit, it's a bit much for a lot of people, especially our listeners who, well, they, they, I mean, they like it. I mean, they like the Laurentiis, a lot of our listeners. So I don't, and I hope he leaves soon. And uh, the phrase of the week is, it's a bit weird and uh, it's very curious, but a bit weird because the phrase of the week is, Adaveni Bafona. And it's one of the phrases which is quite, you know, it's usually you, you hear it from old people and um, it's, trans, I, I'm going to translate it literally. It's, uh, it's very high. It's, it's kind of, yeah, it's curious. So the, the, the literal translation is the mustache, the mustache guy will come. The guy with the mustache will come. Bafone is actually big mustache. So you could say, uh, the big mustache guy will will arrive, will come eventually, okay. kind of like kind that. Of the big mustache, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so when is it 
uh, used, you know, it, it is used to say uh, that during difficult times, um, you wish for someone to arrive and kind of like save you, kind of like yep. solve everything uh, and, you know, gift peace and harmony to, a, to your chaotic world. And in, in, in the Napolitan mind, in the Napolitan imaginary, the, this person who is going to come and solve all, all our problems is uh, this big mustache guy which is supposed to be uh, Stalin, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Well, well, I mean, most people don't say it like that, but I mean, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the, the, the phrase, this phrase was originated during the Second World War when uh, okay, Napoli was sense. occupied by the Nazi forces. And uh, yeah, so Adda Venibafone, the mustache guy will come and... Uh, solve our problems and that wouldn't it be weird if like this billionaire turns up with a mustache i don't know man i've seen some tweets today from the altani guy the guy the sultan who's been tweeting about napoli for months now and it's such a i i, I don't know what to believe you know like why this this random the, ran, the random shake is tweeting about napoli and napoli football news does Why? he have a mustache? Does he have a mustache? I don't think he does. He has a full beard. I mean, it's fine. Well, we can, you know, if he yeah. comes, we can change. We can change the phrase. I don't yeah. care. I don't yeah, care. remember the beard. Yeah, the, the... Sh- the shake will come. I don't. I don't. I don't mind. Well, I mean, watch this space. There we go. I thought you were going to talk about Cavani returning for a second there, but nah, I think that, I think that boat that's sailed. Um, all right then. Well, uh, Michele, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk. Um, Likewise. We can find you on Twitter at Napoli Tickets. Uh, my name is Henry Bell. I'm at Henry Bell Calcio. I'm currently editing a whole series of articles for the Gentleman Ultra about all-time 11s, so the greatest 11s in the history of uh, Calcio, and they're, they're starting to come out. I'm very pleased that, uh, far from Vesuvius' very own, Kirsten Schwartz is writing the one for Napoli. So that'll be out in the next few days. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, this podcast is part of the Far From Vesuvius podcast network. Now, you'll feature that this tweet that you might have seen will feature our new graphic, won't it, Michele? Which yeah. uh, Raf from the Napoli Rant has designed for us. Thank you so much, Raf. And uh, I think it looks really cool. So there we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. And Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre. Yeah.